0: welcome to the punk rock preschool podcast with your host mr g for those about to learn we salute you hello party people thank you for joining us on the punk rock preschool podcast where we are changing the world one classroom at a time that classroom is your classroom i'm your host jared gellert mr g and today's episode is another radical approach yep radical in more than one way And i am talking about today we're talking about encouraging the best participation in your classroom by basically throwing out the rule book and letting kids just shout out answers that's right no hand raising in the classroom (gasps) hold your shock for one second because when i stopped asking my class to raise their hands we got more done we learned more and we ended up with some of the best discussions best classroom discussions that you can imagine especially for a group of four-year-olds and five-year-olds so while this may seem a little chaotic or it may seem a little hectic or overwhelming, it is so worth it. And we're gonna talk about all the reasons why. So let's turn the turn up the volume and find out if this free-for-all style can help take your classroom to the next level. So there's all kinds of participation problems that, or participation issues or rooms for improvement that can exist in a classroom. And I'm not gonna name them all, but just a few. You could have t- not enough participation. You could have too much participation with kids dominating the discussion. You could have shy kids and quieter kids that have great answers. and participating in their minds but they're not participating aloud and then there can just be kids that are not paying any attention at all and they're going to be more interested in their shoelaces and their fingers and the ceiling than whatever it is that you're talking about and that's going to exist sometimes too so if you've had any of these participation scenarios in your class and i only taught for three years and i've seen all of these so i'm sure plenty of people have seen plenty of people listening to taught longer have seen this and way more if you've ever felt trapped by not wanting to put the shy kids on the spot and put the pressure on them, or not wanting to discourage your most vocal kids from them dominating the classroom discussion. That's a really tough balance. If you've ever felt that it's hard to strike that balance, then maybe the solution is for you because when I decided to stop asking my students to raise their hands, when our class just decided to shout out the answers, if you had an idea, let us hear it, that's when participation took off for everyone. And the dominant kids didn't dominate the discussion, and we'll get into why in the strategies, but the main reason is that participation means being a part of the big discussion. This let as many kids as once be a part of that discussion, actively thinking through the questions. And we want as many of our students involved in the thinking process at a time as we can. If my students have an idea, I wanna hear it. This is why our class has these open-ended questions of the day. Every morning students then have an opportunity, lots of opportunities to not only participate and get the answers to the question and have them written up on the board, but just if they shout out something that's close or related or something that was repeated by somebody else, you can walk them through questions to help them get to an answer, or you can offer them encouragement in a much more natural way. Instead of putting them on the spot, you can hear students that participate that maybe don't always participate and call them out and say great answer or help them get there because they've already given an answer. Or they're just gonna be more they're also gonna be more likely to participate. In that louder discussion, it's actually not discouraging because if they're shy, they're more likely to whisper an answer, say something that might get lost in the crowd. But as a teacher, you can always pick up on, you always hear your own, t- your, your students and you know their voices and you know different voices when they pop into play. Like this gives, this teaches kids to speak up in a world where people are sometimes going to shout over them. So it makes kids, actually makes them more confident, more likely to participate because of the group effort because it's a whole team. And to that regard, you are basically crowdsourcing, class, you're class sourcing your answers to these questions. So you're getting the best answers instead of trying to pick specific students to get them to participate, you let everyone participate, everyone feel like they contributed, everyone feels like they were a part of answering this question as long as they were thinking about it and being involved in the thinking process, which they can absolutely do, everyone can do that. So our mindset shift is probably Pretty easy one to guess today. I bet you could guess this, that old mindset, try to call on every student. Well, how's that working? I mean, sometimes it works great, but for me, it didn't work very well. It meant that we were taking a very long time just to get through the calendar and the weather. And we certainly couldn't do the questions of the day if we were trying to call on every single student. Instead, new mindset, instead of you trying to call on every student, new mindset, tell every student in class to call out. I know it sounds scary, I know it sounds overwhelming, but hear it out, get kids comfortable sharing their answers, being confident, participating in the thinking process without any pressure, without any being on the spot, being the one person to give the answer. Let them give the answer and if they're right, then you call you call on them and say great answer and you put it on the board. If they're wrong, nobody hears it. Nobody thinks, it just goes into the wind just like Kids should realize that wrong answers, don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of giving a wrong answer. This is all part of the learning process. And so students need to be encouraged to be able to give the quote unquote wrong answer. Not that there's ever any answer that's ever wrong. You can always lead them in the right direction towards whatever it is that the answer that you want, but to get them comfortable in just participating in the thinking process and not always being right, not always having to be right. And just not that that big of a deal. And a lot of people, I mean, kids, especially high achievers, they worry that if they're wrong, everyone's gonna notice and no one ever does. So it's good to get them over this little fear pretty early. And just going over old mindset again, try to call on every student in class, new mindset, tell every student in class to call out, get comfortable sharing their ideas and being confident and participating in the thinking process by participating in the actual question. Now let's get into the strategies on how to stop raising your hands, how you can make this work in your class. So strategy number one, just jump right in, stop raising the hands, stop with that rule. Now be prepared. There's going to be lots of answers coming at you. Lots of answers coming fast, at least maybe not right in the beginning, but eventually that's how it's going to get. So I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, but we as teachers, we can deal with being overwhelmed when, participation, what it means participation is through the roof. I can be overwhelmed by participation. That's a good feeling of being overwhelmed. And the reason you're going to start hearing all these answers coming at you, flying at you like that is because there's no barriers. There's no wrong answers. There's no pressure. There's no holding on to answers that you think you're going to have while someone else is speaking and you're not listening to what they're saying. Kids are listening to each other. Kids are just ready. They're just rapid fire. They're ready to just give you as many thoughts as they can. And sometimes, you might have to slow it all down and stop it and say, hold on. I mean, sometimes you might even have to go back to your chairs, come back to the carpet and let's, let's get this right. I mean, that, that probably happened once or twice all year, but sometimes you might have to reset is my point. But nonetheless, it's not a bad thing to reset when you're resetting because kids are so excited to participate, to give their answers that you are hearing too many answers. Um, So that's strategy number one, stop raising the hands and just watch the answers start flowing. Strategy number two, establish a culture of respect so i'm sure people are listening to this and saying this doesn't sound like the best classroom culture kids shouting over one another not listening to one another just trying to get their answers out i totally understand that that's why it is so important to make these rules explicit help the kids help the students understand that they are not only sharing things and sharing toys but they have to share time with their friends they have to listen to others. They have to give them time to speak and share their own views and share their own ideas and share their own thoughts because they want that for themselves. And the even bigger reason is that we can learn from everyone. And first thing in the school year, I always tell the kids, always tell my students, guys, eyes and ears are on the speaker. That's not the teacher. That's not the rule. Eyes and ears aren't on me. They're on whoever's speaking, because we can all learn from each other. We all have different experiences. We've all lived different lives. We all have different things that have happened to us. And so there are things that we don't know. And there's things that we can learn from everyone, not just the kids in our class, but anybody. So when people are speaking, we need to listen to them. We need to hear what they're saying, and we need to be paying attention and thinking about it. So it's not gonna be that simple in the classroom. I'll tell you the truth. It's gonna take some practice. That's. much it so start that's why i said strategy number one is stop raising the hands strategy number two is the culture of respect because you can establish the culture of respect but they need to practice sharing that time they need to practice listening to others and the best way to do it is throw them into the fire like that practice early in the year and remind students that when someone's called on we stop shouting out and we listen and we try not to give that same answer again because they gave an answer and we listen to what they say and we learn from our friends so that's strategy number two goes along with the stop raising the hands and it hopefully addresses your concerns, any concerns that people might have about sharing time and listening to one another and being respectful that has to be mentioned. It, it doesn't come about from the not raising the hand thing. This is something that has to be taught in conjunction with it right alongside, but I know you're going to do that. So it's going to be work out just great. Strategy number three, another necessary thing is engagement. Make what you're teaching interesting. If you're teaching boring stuff, if you're teaching kids, if you guys are watching paint dry, it doesn't matter who shout if everyone can shout out answers or not, you know, kids aren't going to be participating. They need to be excited about what they're learning. School needs to be fun. The things you're teaching need to be interesting, worth learning, use YouTube, use Netflix, use videos, get them hooked, make your lessons relevant, make them cool. Make it interesting and make it important and make it applicable. Make it work for the class. Guys, if you learn this, here's what you're going to be able to do in life. That's how we were able to learn about business and entrepreneurship and environmentalism and science and art because the kids could see how they could use that in their lives. We, I mean, we were learning coins and money and doing addition because kids want to be able to go spend their money. They want to spend money that they earn. And that's what we're going to get into right next is strategy number four is participation incentives. And you might be thinking, well, money, participation, are you giving your kids money? That's crazy, not real money, but we did have a salary system in our classroom that worked out incredibly. So in our salary system, I would go to, and I'll explain this more in future episodes because this was an entire unit that we did and it was pretty crucial to the classroom culture that we built and it's something different and fun and hopefully you'd like to do it. So to reward kids for their participation, what we would do is everyone would have a wallet and everyone would have money that would go into that wallet. And if they learned their letters, if they learned their, if they did their homework and if they participated, and there were plenty of other ways to get money as well, they would get money into their wallets. And so for our questions of the day, if someone gave a unique answer, no one else had given that I got to write on the board that was worth $10. And if somebody gave an answer that, Somebody else had said already that it's repeated. It means that they were paying attention and thinking, but they weren't listening fully to the, go back to the culture of respect where not that they weren't being respectful, but they weren't listening to somebody who had said that answer previously. So, or they didn't remember it. So still they participated, they get $5 for that. And if they come up with a unique contribution uh, later in the discussion, then they'll get the $10. And that was a limit. You can only get five or 10 for each day's discussion, but this encouraged so much participation in the class. And then they got to use this money later on. Two, I would go to the dollar store and go to Walmart, and I would spend I'd spend a nice amount of money and get some really cool stuff for the kids. Get some toys, get some scooters, and uh, get some coloring books, and basketballs, and footballs, and soccer balls. All, all different, all all sorts of stuff. Uh, T sets, all all sorts of stuff. Dolls, I, I could go on forever. You can check on our Instagram. There's a uh, there's a post that has the entire market. I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, I would go and get this market for the kids and then they would be able to spend Then I would price everything according to how much money they had and they'd be able to spend their money in the market walk home with awesome toys and coloring books and sometimes the class pet even the class fish one time got sold and these kids feel awesome about themselves because they earned this money participating they earned this money doing homework they earned this money by learning by doing their job in school and then they were able to spend it on themselves and reward themselves for their hard work so the end goal here, obviously, is that they get to use the money that they make participating to buy stuff that they want. But still, nonetheless, these participation incentives, they worked. And we had huge increases in participation once the market takes hold, once the kids start making money and they see that they can spend that money on the market. They can also spend it on a lot of other things too in the class. We make it a whole unit. We make it a whole immersive project-based learning thing. And we'll get into that later in another another podcast and in the po- and in the uh. In the lesson plans as well at punkrockpreschool.com. For now we're sticking with why we don't raise our hands in the classroom and so kind of got all off topic a little bit with that last strategy but I wanted you guys to see exactly how the participation works and how we can encourage it and how can we can reward it even without the hands raised and if we did hands raised, I would never be able to do that $10 $5 thing because it really wouldn't be open to everyone. This It's open to everyone. It's fair. If kids don't contribute, I mean really all they have to do is listen to other people's answers and shout out the same answer and they can get $5. So if, because that's at least thinking through it, that's at least listening to a certain extent. So if students can't do that, then I mean, you'll probably only have like two or three each question. That's what we had like two or three students each time that didn't make any money. And sometimes that's the case. And in, with those situations you have to start figuring out what works with those unique students that may really have trouble participating and, and focusing and keeping their attention um, and that's more of a tailor focus for individuals and um, this strategy is more for the entire class so let's get into strategy number five it is a growth opportunity for everyone even those students that are not participating that you have to come up with the individual strategies for this is still a growth opportunity for them but most importantly well more not importantly but more at the top of my mind right now is that it's great for your loudest and most eager kids and it's a great opportunity for your shyest and quietest kids when you don't ask your students to raise your hands to raise their hands your loudest participants can then practice patience and listening and encouragement and waiting because I would have students that would just want to have the first answer every time and that's awesome because these students were super advanced, which meant we could start working on, okay guys, I know y'all have the, the answers. I know y'all are ready to answer this. Can you try and wait and help everyone? let everyone else get a chance to think through it a little more and to try and give their answers before you shout out first? Would you be able to do that? And they always want to help. Yeah, sure, of course, Mr. G, we can help. We can definitely wait, we can definitely do it. And sometimes it's a little tougher, easier said than done, but. That's what makes it a growth opportunity. The most eager kids, the loudest kids, the kids that want to give every answer and have their, have their uh, answers written up on the board. Those are the ones that do need to practice that stuff. And the ones that are, they're probably very capable of practicing it. So it might take a little time, but that's a growth opportunity for them. Same thing with the shy kids and the quieter students, they are going to be more encouraged to start coming out of their shell and be a part of this class discussion because everyone else is contributing. And I'll tell you, I mean, especially after we did our participation incentives and we started the salary system, I had two students, Annabelle and Stella, who both just took off last year, just took off. They were very quiet all throughout the year, very quiet up until the, towards the end of like the middle of the third quarter. And then all of a sudden just, Couldn't get them to stop giving answers. They were given every answer. They became the dominant kids that I had to start saying very quickly in like two months, they went from having to try and get them to give answers to having to say, guys, Stella, Annabelle girls, come on, y'all got to slow down for a second. Cause they were just doing so great because they, it clicked for them at a certain time and then the participation was just through the roof. And so even the kids that you may think early in the year are quiet it's going to be difficult they might not come along with the participation they will surprise you because these two ended up being i mean they were always great students always amazing kids but on the carpet they were a little quieter and then all of a sudden boom they took off just so much growth and i really do attribute a lot of that to the no hands raise because it their personalities also jumped out of their shells around the same time and the confidence and the swagger and the just I know what I'm doing in school. School is fun, and I'm just having a blast. That was there every single day. Now, I understand why some people may be a little nervous about this, saying that, well, when students go into kindergarten or go into the next grade, they're not going to know the rules. They're not going to be comfortable with raising their hands. They're just going to want to shout out. It's going to be a mess for the next teacher. Well, I had this concern too, and I just kind of figured that one of the socio-emotional goals that we hit throughout the year is being able to apply rules of one classroom in a new setting and i mean my students would go to music class and they'd go to art and they'd go to the other specials and they would follow the rules within those specials and they'd follow the rules in the cafeteria so kids really do understand that it's the teacher's rules and it's not just you know do whatever you want because that's how we do it in our classroom at least make sure you explain that to them but surprisingly that's Never happened in, at least not in my experience, no kindergarten teacher ever told me that my kids were just shouting out and uncontrollable and they couldn't, they couldn't seem to help them understand that we raise our hands in school. I mean, teacher explains it on the first day in kindergarten, you raise your hands in this class, your kids see everyone else raising their hands, they get the picture pretty quickly. And we saw plenty of times in, with field trips or with guest speakers coming in that or going to a different classroom for indoor recess or going to specials that students will adapt to the rules of the classroom. And they know that the rules in my classroom were a little different than the rules everywhere else. We we certainly made that clear because the other classrooms didn't have somebody playing a guitar. They didn't do nearly the stuff that we were doing. So it was pretty clear that things that you do in your classroom are your classroom. So I wouldn't really worry about, oh, if they don't raise their hands, they're not going to ever learn to raise their hands. They'll learn to raise their hands if the teacher asks it of them. And if you want them to raise your hand, then have them do it. Do what works for you. This was just my experience. And I really think that the free-for-all class discussion, getting everyone involved, getting everyone participating, that worked for me and my class. And I'm just sharing those experiences. I hope I hope that they are valuable or interesting or useful to all of y'all. So if you want more information or you want more about our participation incentives, our salary system, the money in the wallets, and the market, come to punkrockpreschool.com slash zero one zero, get our freebie, zero ten, punkrockpreschool.com slash zero ten, get our freebie, which will include the whole salary system. So what, you know, one dollar for each uppercase letter, and then you get a bonus for learning all of your all 26 uppercase letters. And it goes on like that for pretty much every standard that you can imagine. For pre-k, kindergarten, and first grade because once your students start earning that money and start checking off these standards they need something else they need that next goal they need to keep going uh participation money isn't enough they need they need more to to afford what they want at the market so i will include a printout for the money the fake money that you can give all different colors and, and add it up for them each week the wallets and the salary system and Hopefully it's a good starting point, but I'm going to get into more about how to use this salary system in class, how to make your classroom all about personal responsibility and uh, rewarding that personal responsibility this way. I'm going to get into that a lot more in a later episode. So stay tuned for that, and I'll be sure to let you know. If you download this freebie, I will put you on a list that will I'll be able to let you know right away that this is something that you like and I'll keep you updated to episodes like that and new products and new freebies that are linked to these participation incentives and this salary system and this whole project based learning about around personal responsibility and uh, being rewarded for it with, with a money system and a market. But again, back to not raising your hands and why we shouldn't do it. Changes you can expect to see if you put the strategy in place more participation, and not just better quantity of participation, but better quality of participation because you are class sourcing. You are crowdsourcing your answer. So while it may be a loud and a hectic class, that's what excited learners look like. They are loud, they can't control themselves. They just wanna shout out and let you know what they're learning and how they, what they're thinking. So hopefully it will also lead to better listening, more respect, more control because there will be so many more opportunities to practice this and to one, be a confident and and assertive person and, and get your answer out there. But at the same time, be able to listen and be able to take in what people are saying and understand it and think about it and be respectful. So actionable next steps that you can take, decide if this strategy is for you. It's not exactly something that you can test out in a week and see if you like it. It takes time. It takes a lot of effort and it's, it it's work to establish that culture of respect and to and to get this down. And if, if you don't wanna deal with the the shouting and the headache not the headaches, but the obstacles that it's gonna or the challenges it's gonna to take to get to having this work out great, then I'm not gonna to lie to you, it it does take time and it's not something that you can just snap your fingers and make happen. But if you do decide to do it, I'm here for you. I'm gonna support you hundred percent and just email me. I'm here for whatever you need. If you are just even nervous saying I, you know Jared I think I want to do this but it just sounds so crazy it just sounds so hectic please you can reach out to me I can get on the phone with you I am happy to talk through this subject because I really really truly believe that this was a game changer in our classroom and can be a game changer in early childhood education because of how much increased participation you see so if it is for you establish that culture of respect and jump right in just start teaching it just start asking questions and having students raise their hands and Being dynamic with it, working with them and telling them if they need to be more respectful and listen more and to quiet down, just tell them that it's only going to get done through practice. But once they get it down and they master it, the results are incredible. Major takeaways, what to do? Stop raising your hands and let participation thrive. Why? Because it removes the barriers to participation. It increases participation because kids want to be a part of that group. They want to be a part of the discussion. How do we do it? One. Build that culture of respect so it actually works, so kids are listening and not shouting over each other. Two, teach things that that make kids excited to learn, that make kids want to participate, that want to be a part of the discussion. Then you just watch the higher level thinking skills grow. You watch kids start to learn from their friends. Students are learning from one another and they're building confidence along the way as they start to assert their own answers and participate in the discussion. And you're gonna be able to move through these questions so much quicker now. You're not gonna have to call on every student every morning to get participation you can have full participation in five minutes sounds nice right that's why it's worth it that's why it's worth this overwhelming it's not even that overwhelming i'm saying this because i match i don't want you guys to jump into this and be like oh my god he never told me it was overwhelming i wasn't necessarily overwhelmed by it but i don't want you to ever feel that way that's why i keep saying it but it's it's really you're going to be overwhelmed by how awesome it is and how incredible your the results are and how your kids have just so much more confidence to share their opinions break out of their shells and really fulfill all these opportunities for growth amongst your loudest talkers your quietest speakers participation will increase listening speaking whatever kind of participation kids need to work on this helps them work on it thank you for listening and i hope you are one step closer to making the classroom of your dreams come true Please follow us on social media and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, to our email list. Leave us a comment, leave us a rating and head over to punkrockpreschool.com slash zero one zero slash 010 and get the freebie. Get our salary system to increase participation if you want to do this market system. I know it's kind of separate from the not raising your hands, but I wanted to make sure to give a lot of opportunities for y'all to be able to increase participation in your classroom. And this will be a focus as we go on as well because it's super important and maybe this strategy works for you maybe it doesn't either way I hope you learned something new Uh, please leave ratings please leave comments and leave your thoughts below if there's anything you want me to discuss on future episodes please reach out let's work together to change the world one classroom at a time until next time keep rocking